Ultimately, I'm always right. That's the key to understanding President Trump, always right. A dozen years ago, he was making news about something. I decided to uh, be Donald Trump for Halloween, and I was studying because I wanted to do a, a good impression. Ultimately, I did a very good job, by the way. And here's the deal. He's always right. There's always truth. Yes, there's hyperbole. Yes, there can be exaggeration, but it's a truth and it connects. And he can also see things for what they are. And he can see several steps down the road, far better than anybody I've ever encountered. Remember back in 2017, we had a horrible riot in Charlottesville and he was asked about it. He seemed to be on the spot about it. And he warned that, look, you're raging against these uh, Confederate statues. What's next? George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, he was right. This week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? But George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now are we going to take down his statue? He was right again, changing history, changing culture. Now, after the dust settled, and it has for the most part, we're not seeing crazy rioting like we did in 2020 when they were going after all these statues, the mob was. Now the effort has become much more organized and also sanctified by the establishment. Now, who's heard of George Washington University in Washington, D.C.? It's a it's a solid school. I think it's pretty competitive, tough to get in there, and plenty of high-profile graduates. Uh, let's see here, Colin Powell. I liked him for a good chunk of his life. Uh, Jackie Kennedy, Chuck Todd. All right, prominent people, you've heard of these folks. Um, here's what they want to do. Oh, one other thing about GW that I like. Ronald Reagan went there after he was shot. They saved his life. George Washington University, University Hospital. Here's the latest and greatest and silliest idea I've ever seen from the Washington Post. They want to, George Washington University needs a new name. It needs a new name. A student, a senior, made his demands quite clear and the Washington Post published it on their op-ed page. Number one, decolonize university curriculum by adding black perspectives. Not sure what that means. Increase black enrollment, rename the university, select an African-American president. Wait, number three, yes, rename the university. We'll talk about some of the characters they want to name it after in a moment. But first, it was just easy pickings for this student to look around and see, count the number of faces, right? How many people look like me? And if not enough people look like me, the place must be racist. Let's take a look at the piece. Today, with black enrollment at 10%, black students on campus continue to struggle for community. Despite alleged efforts by administration to enhance diversity, the admissions office continues to fail to ensure a student body with adequate minority representation. You know, I just, community, as if people who are not the same race can't have community. 
This is ugly stuff, and this is where we are. Number two, black professorship also remains low, especially in the university's international affairs program. Limited black professors teaching African and African-American courses. Again, it's easy to walk around and count the number of professors who are white, black, whatever. But to go deeper, to find out why those problems are happening or why there are these discrepancies, that's hard. That takes work. And nobody wants to do it. We'll get to that in a moment because I think that work should be done. Next, uh, the continued neglect of black academia and black professorship create a campus culture in which European studies and white perspectives are favored over, right? Now, I'm not a big Shakespeare fan myself, but from what I'm told, he is the greatest writer. But no, because he's white, that's a major, major strike against him. Next, every day, hundreds of black students walk on a campus named after an enslaver of men and study at a site named after dark parts of history. Wow, is that what they think of when they think of George Washington, the founder of our country, an enslaver of men? Goes on. The racist visions of James Madison, Winston Churchill, and others are glorified through building names, programs, statues, and libraries that honor their memory. The controversial Winston Churchill Library must go. The university's contentious colonial moniker must go. Even the university's name, mascot, and motto, Hail the George Washington, must be replaced. And a new name would cement the university's dedication to racial justice and affirm its commitment to change. It's time to take action. Now, I will point out that slavery, as horrible as it was, was not unique to America, okay? It was all over the world, everywhere. Okay, the darker the country, the worse it was. Okay, and you see, actually, comparatively speaking, we're not as bad as major parts of the rest of the world. The young man who wrote this, uh, Caleb Frankfurt, has a heck of a lot of demands, doesn't he? And he has one more, everybody. He has a suggestion as to who this university could be named for. Are you ready? Malcolm X. Malcolm X University. Huh? George Washington replaced by Malcolm X. George Washington canceled Malcolm X. You want to see some hateful, ugly, racist stuff? Pick up the book, Malcolm X's Autobiography. You'll last about 75 pages, maybe. This is an evil guy, a bad man. And the fact that he's gone mainstream and then Barack Obama thinks that this guy somehow was worthy of emulation... They've got problems, big problems. This was no hero. He was a bad, bad guy, and that he continues to inspire. All right, I wanna leave all that stuff alone for a moment, but we talked about how it's easy to go around counting faces and what they look like. We only have nine people of color and 10 people who are white, all that stuff, that's easy. He's about to talk about the hard part. This is President Obama back in 2008 back when he was still trying to seduce us. Yeah, he wanted us to like him. And we did, because he, he boldly said things like this. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. 
They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. That's something that takes a lot of work, a lot of work to get married, to stay with the family, to raise children. That takes work. And that it's not happening, that takes awkward conversations. That takes being real. You might offend some people. He wasn't willing to do it. He got shot by the left, shot down by the left, and he wouldn't do it anymore because it made him look bad in the eyes of liberals. It's really too bad. A horrible, wasted opportunity. So, George Washington University could become Malcolm X University. What does that mean for the Washington Monument, by the way? I guess the Washington Monument, maybe its days are numbered. Washington, D.C., for that matter. It's not just George Washington University, Washington, D.C. And how about the Constitution itself? I mean, all those guys were slaveholders, basically, right? And they were all white, not exactly representative. They want to destroy this country, changing the names. Ultimately, they want to change the soul. And it could work if we're not strong and push back. And we also have to be savvy. We also have to be wary of phonies. And I believe we have a phony on our hand in Pennsylvania. Believe it or not, because she was unvetted by the press. Nobody paid her much attention. They were just too busy tearing apart Dr. Roz and Dave McCormick and the others. She's actually in a position where she could do well next Tuesday, but nobody knows a thing about her. And she has left amazing gaps on her resume. I'll get to those in a little bit, but first, you've heard of Mount Vernon, George Washington's uh, beautiful home just outside of Washington, D.C. Kathy Barnett visited Mount Vernon a couple of years ago. She wasn't interested in the mansion. She was interested in the slave quarters. And she had things to say about that and George Washington and those pesky white people, pesky white people who dared showed um, admiration for GW. Right behind me, right back there in that little brown home there, one of the slave cabins, it's just a replica because those slave cabins were usually extremely shanty. And um, I have some photos up here as well for you guys. Uh, dirt floors, usually six to eight people in this little space. Very, very small, very, very confined. I heard some white people behind me talking about, you know, just the high and mightiness of how we revere President George Washington. High and mighty. He shouldn't be all high and mighty because, oh, yeah, he had slaves. And, oh, yeah, this is where they slept. She's not interested in the mansion. And those white people thinking that George Washington is high and mighty. Well, guess what? He is high and mighty. All right. He's the father of our country. You got that? There's more. Specifically to those um, blacks who came and were treated in the most inhumane way. But as the uh, white people were standing behind me talking about the high and mightiness of how we revere President Bush, I mean, President um, Washington, I would think it to myself, we truly have to have a balanced view of history. We have to balance history off. We cannot cut off our nose despite our face. I don't think she knows what that phrase actually means. A balanced history, a balanced history. What is she talking about? She sounds woke. By the way, 
I grew up in first grade. I learned about George Washington and I learned that he had slaves. We learned about our history has been balanced. This is not news to us. Okay. We know about the problems of America. It's a crazy woke culture that's happening. We'll have more on Kathy Barnett and her severe limitations and incredible gaps in her record. Nobody knows who this person is or where she came from, literally. Finally, back to President Trump. I miss the guy. He was a true leader. And when he said this, uh, July 4th, 2020, I think that you should look it up. This speech is one of the greatest presidential speeches ever given. And in answer to this woke mob, just remember these words. And remember, we got to act on these words. There is a new far left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. If you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. It's not going to happen to us. From We know we're right. We got to meet this moment. Stay with us. Uh, Joe Biden lost his top today in the most peculiar way, even for Joe Biden. I think he thinks he's some sort of a basketball coach, Bobby Knight or something like that. Totally weird. You're going to like it, though. Be right back. All I, All can, I can say, say is, is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> They don't. And again, they gave Joe Biden a pass, who was bizarre and crazy even for him today uh, on a trip to talk about whatever. <laughs> Take a look. Remember those long lines you'd see in a television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget people were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. Who does he think he is and who is he talking about? MAGA people are good people. Gosh, this is the guy who was going to unite the country, right? This was like a bad impression of Bobby Knight. Anybody remember that crazy coach uh, who I guess was a good guy? He certainly knew how to win. Um, all right. Take a look at another moment Joe had today. He doesn't understand a lot of things, including geography. More buildings, more territory has been burned to the ground this year than an entire state of New Jersey, from New York all the way down to Virginia. New York all the way down, New Jersey, New Jersey doesn't go all the way down to Virginia. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there's a problem here, okay? You got to go through two states, including Delaware, Joe Biden's home state. Uh, geography is just another thing that he's not good at. All right, we all know that Joe is having big problems. I mean, we, the people, understand that. But the fake news, they shame us for questioning Joe. They really do. How dare those Trumpers, literally, how dare they question Joe Biden's sanity and cognitive ability? 
the fact that Trumpers go after Joe Biden, uh, unbelievable. Hey, Joe's not Shakespeare, okay? Nobody ever said he was. Not Joe even wasn't, Joe. Joe wasn't Shakespeare 40 years ago, right? But again, seriously, you're a Trumper? And you're, 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 you're criticizing Joe Biden because he's not articulate? Yes, we are. And not only is he not articulate, he's not making sense half the time. And that's our right. And that's, quite frankly, our duty. That's your duty, fake news. You and Mika and the rest of you. Why are you giving this guy a pass? Anybody can see he's got big problems. I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we build is inflation. Huh? Goes on and on and on like this. And Trump, by the way, I mean, he's got it going on. It was the hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is the hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country from what's happening right now. Succinct and clear and powerful. Those things Joe Biden is not. But in the bizarre world of the fake news, they tell us that this is the bizarre stuff. And Joe Biden is perfectly fine. And the attack, the hypocrisy here of attacking President Biden uh, for, you know, his cognitive, alleged cognitive issues. I mean, it is it's absurd. He's saying that our concerns are absurd. Now, think about that. This man is on television on a national show every day. He worked at the Associated Press, I believe. He's supposed to be a real journalist. And he's saying our concerns are absurd. Hey, a lot of our concerns actually come from a good place. All right. I want the best for Joe. I feel bad. I feel embarrassed for him. I do sometimes. No, it's not absurd. It's your job. And yes, does President Biden occasionally make mistakes? Yes. For instance, yesterday, he said Rick Scott was from yeah. Wisconsin rather than Florida. But as you point out yeah. correctly, he's made gaffes his entire career. That comes with the Joe Biden package. They always like to say that, oh, that's just Joe being Joe, you silly people who don't understand politics. We already knew this guy was an imbecile. You guys are just late to the party. The arrogance, the arrogance. And certainly he has never uh, humiliated himself on the public stage like President Trump did when he was in office repeatedly. Oh yeah? You want about 4,000 examples of Joe Biden humiliating himself? You guys covered up. I remember. I remember where I was when I saw this stuff. 1987, a college freshman. I remember. We were marveling at this. He got caught lying. Everything he's about to say is a lie. I know I played this before. For me, it never gets old. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly, I, I think we I, I think I probably right. have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. 
In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Well, this was pretty humiliating for Joe because everything he just said, everything was a lie. And back in 1987, the fake news wasn't fake. Yeah, they leaned left. Degrees from college and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. Even then they were being gentle. His, me his memory has failed him. He was lying. He was lying. And oh, by the way, when he was trying to explain his way out of this, he was very weird. Do you feel you're able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk? Well, I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, and uh, I, uh, um, I let my record of 15 years versus the transgression that you're referring to uh, stand. And you, can make, you all can make that judgment. I feel very capable of uh, using my mouth in sync with my mind. Is that Jack Nicholson in The Shining or what? That is one strange, strange view of Joe with the eyes. Um, all right, one more. He couldn't hack it. He had to quit the race. And this was humiliating, too. Although there was a kernel of truth here. I'll give that to Joe. But I've learned one thing since I've decided to run for president. And I assume one thing. Everything about me, everything about me is going to come out in the public record. And I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm not sure if it's coming out in the public record. I mean, so many people are covering for this guy, covering for him, and just explaining it away. What do they say? What did that guy say on uh, Morning Joe? Oh, this is, uh, this is just, you know, this is Joe. This is standard. We were supposed to expect this. He's made gaffes his entire career. That comes with the Joe Biden package. The Joe Biden package that you helped sell and protect. You wrote fragile on the side of the package. You let him stay in the basement unmolested, unbothered by your questions. Absolutely incredible. You went along with it. You went along with this whole hoax and those silly circles and nobody showing up and nobody asking anything in the way of serious questions. You want to see a Joe Biden press conference during the campaign? This is as tough as it got. When you hear these remarks, suckers, losers, recoiling from amputees, what does it tell you about President Trump's soul and the life he leads? Last night, President Trump mocked you for wearing a mask and said that this is a sign that you must have some, quote, big issues. I wonder if you worry that this kind of language that comes from the president of the United States could deter some Americans who are tuning into him to not wear masks. Let me ask you about another thing the president said last night. He once again suggested to his supporters that they should consider voting twice if they're in one of those states that can allow you to request an absentee ballot. Just curious what you make of it. And just curious, <laughs> care, to, care to criticize 
President Trump a little bit more. He's a bad guy, but is he really bad or just a little bit bad or the worst? That's, that's what it was like, huh? That's what it was like. You and I know the truth, though. So America is falling apart. Um, and isn't this really frustrating when you're paying a lot in taxes and a tire is ruined or you're just jostled in your car? I mean, seriously, there are a lot of countries who have their act together when it comes to roads and bridges, by the way. Bridges falling down left and right. This is bad, bad stuff. And of course, Joe Biden and Republicans, too, they know how bad it is. Across our country right now, there are 45,000 bridges, 45,000 that are in poor condition. 173,000 miles of roads are in poor condition. One in five miles of highway and roads in America are in poor condition. So what do we do? More money, right? Well, let's give that money to... Ukraine. Take a look at this from Congressman Massey. Pretty interesting. Congress has now spent more money on Ukraine in six months than we spend on all U.S. roads and bridges in a year. That is astonishing, isn't it? $54 billion for Ukraine infrastructure, $25.1 billion. I don't like that. Do you? All right. Also, Delaware State University, a historically black college and I believe that Joe Biden once uh, briefly and falsely claimed that he got his start in the civil rights unit uh, movement there. So a bus from Delaware State University was recently pulled over. And uh, let's see, lacrosse team accuses police of racial profiling in search of bus. Yeah, they were really jostled. I guess the windows were tinted and the cops were suspicious. So they pulled them over and asked a couple of questions. Ladies, we don't single anybody out, um, and I'll explain. This is our job. This is what we do, okay? Every day we get out here, we stop commercial vehicles, okay? Believe it or not, the majority of the drugs and large amounts of money, trafficking children, trafficking anything up and down these interstates, that's what we look for, okay? And today we're not saying that you guys, that, that it's even happening here, but however, this is how we start an investigation, okay? Um, most of the time, most of the time, it turns out to be nothing. Guy seems like he's just explaining what's going down. Seems very, very reasonable. But you may notice that a good portion of these students happen to be black. Some of them apparently feel like they're being racially profiled. And then it becomes national news, right? It's getting to the point that if you are a person of color, somehow... You should not be subjected to routine law enforcement inquiry like every citizen is. This made national news. And listen to this warped, totally one-sided and biased conversation that happened on network morning television, CBS News, featuring Gail King. And that's just so wrong on so many levels. And at the end, the officer says, enjoy the rest of your day when you've just been stopped and just questioned yeah, how and humiliated that, that way. So, so, they were all very cooperative. They were all very cooperative, very cooperative because yeah. uh, they, they believe that, you know, as the coach of the team, Ms. Jenkins said, that uh, things could have gone wrongly. Yes, very yeah. quickly. They had not uh, been very as quickly. cooperative as they were. In the long I, list of, of people who should be upset about this, the people of Georgia should be upset because your, your officers have better things to do. What are yes. they doing on that and bus? To say thank you, have a nice day. How about you end it with I apologize for wasting your time? 
This is um, a very strange moment in America, isn't it? A routine traffic stop becomes conversation, a totally one-sided conversation, isn't it? No one's talking about it from the police perspective, right? Tinted windows, we pulled you over for this reason, and oh, by the way, drugs are everywhere. It's very strange. I don't like it. Do you? Also, one more word on Kathy Barnett. She is the uh, one of the Republicans running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. Primary day is next Tuesday. She's actually catching up in the polls. She hasn't been scrutinized. She hasn't been vetted. Nobody gave her much of a shot, and nobody knows much about her. Her resume has all kinds of problems. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, here are her views. This is a conservative, mind you, but she sounds like Well, woke liberal mayor Bill de Blasio, who said that his son, who happened to be black, faced racism everywhere he went. I am a black woman, as you can clearly see, married to a black man, and I have a black son. Racism, systemic racism, is very important to me. It's a very important topic to me. My baby, he's 14 years old, almost six feet tall. Um, I want him to be able to walk into a world that is safe. I want him to be able to drive wherever he wants to drive and to live his best life. (laughs) If he makes a mistake, it is my prayer that people will give him grace, (laughs) that he will meet. If he makes a mistake where he runs into the justice system. I pray that people will do the right thing. Yeah, that the whole system, systemic racism and her son's vulnerable. This sounds again like woke Mayor Bill de Blasio or Black Lives Matter stuff. Also, she ran for Congress just a couple of years ago, lost severely, and then turns around and runs for the Senate. I don't follow that. I don't. You run for a, it doesn't make sense to me. And then there's this. I, like you, wanted to make sure that these police officers receive, that George Floyd received justice and that these four police officers did not get a tap on the wrist, right? I wanted that just like everyone else in this nation. And I can say for a strong certainty that I would have been out there right along beside each and every one of you who were protesting in, um, in, in, in Minneapolis. I would have been right there, lock arm and ready to have my voice heard, to make sure that those who were, that those who are in power recognize that we are watching them and we are, and what our expectations are. I would have been right there. She would have been right there in Minneapolis, which of course was on fire, which of course was nearly destroyed. And which of course the fake news pretended was somehow peaceful and righteous. Remember this. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. Yeah, Kathy. So ups- I'm actually glad you weren't there. You could have gotten hurt. One more thing on her. Her website is. Well, there's hardly anything here. Mom, veteran, author, political commentator. Now, I noticed the part about veteran. I'm a veteran. Um, served nine years active duty. 
Uh, I know a lot about military service. I was privileged to have served, so I was kind of excited to learn about her service. So I went to her website, and I looked it up, and I can't figure out what she did or when she did it and what the hell's going on, excuse me. Kathy served her country for 10 years in the, take a look at this full if you don't mind, the Armed Forces Reserves. Now, give me a moment on that, the Armed Forces Reserves. There's no such thing as the Armed Forces Reserves. It doesn't exist. There's the Army Reserve, there's the Marine Corps Reserve, Navy, nobody calls it the Armed Forces Reserves. Also, she was accepted into Officer Candidacy School. You see that? Candidacy, well, it's Officer Candidate School. It's not a typo. There's something off here. 10 years, unaccounted for. She hasn't released her DD-214. This is the definitive basic document that a veteran gets when they leave active or even reserve service. Where is it? Why haven't we seen it? I think she's keeping secrets. The fake news hasn't pursued the answers. And if Pennsylvania takes a chance on Kathy Barnett, and nobody knows who it is, who she is, where she came from, or what. This is what the Democrats want, because she will be clobbered in November. Believe me. I'm sure you'll choose well, Pennsylvania. We will be right back with Congressman Jackson, the doctor, one of my favorites from Texas, uh, Ronnie Jackson. He's amazing. He's got special insight into not only President Trump, but President Biden. Be right back. There's President Trump with his then physician, his personal physician, U.S. Navy Rear Admiral uh, Ronnie Jackson. He also actually treated President Obama. Ronnie Jackson went on to run for and win a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives from Texas as a Republican. He joins us now. Congressman, welcome back. And oh, by the way, you have a book coming out. Let's put that book cover up real quick in July. Holding the line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values. Uh, Congressman Jackson, welcome. How are you? Hey, Greg, Greg, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, I know your office has been focused on something. The North Carolina, North Carolina State put out a study. Let's go ahead and put that up if you don't mind. Google, uh, which I use all the time, seems to be playing a game when it comes to the emails of conservatives. Um, the study says as follows. If we can take a peek of it, I'd appreciate it. We've got some numbers. Gmail sent the majority of right-wing candidate emails to the spam folder up to 77.2% marked as spam. Uh, this sounds very, very sinister. What do you think is happening and how do we fix it? Well, it's just another example of big tech using their influence uh, for political purposes. It's, it's, it's no surprise to anyone that big tech overwhelmingly favors the Democrats. They've done everything they can uh, to push the agenda of the left. And uh, this is just another example of it. There's no way that this is uh, an issue with their algorithm or you know, a mistake or anything else like that. 820 percent more than the Democrats, uh, almost nine out of 10 Republican 
emails go to junk mail, whereas less than one out of 10 on the dim side uh, go, go to junk mail. So this is, and this is affecting fundraising. I mean, the, the study goes on to say that probably uh, over the last uh, two years, it's cost the Republican Party almost $2 billion in contributions. And th that affects elections. I mean, this is having elections. So the NRCC, the NRSC, and the RNC have requested that the FEC do an investigation on this and look into this for, uh, you know, this, this amounts to uh, illegal political contributions uh, by Google, the way they've done this in, in the, in, you know, it, at least that's what this suit's claiming, or this uh, complaint's claiming. And I agree with that 100%. So this uh, is just another example of the left using their big tech influence. That is uh, infuriating, by the way. And speaking yeah. of uh, furious people, Joe Biden, and now you have, you're a medical doctor, and uh, I know you haven't examined Joe Biden, but I don't know if you saw his performance today. He wasn't exactly out of it. He was just so unhinged. Take a look. Remember those long lines you'd see in the television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget. People were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. Uh, lighten up, Francis. What do you think's going on yeah. there, uh, Congressman? Well, you know, I've been saying for a long time, you know, Greg, you don't need to be a doctor to diagnose this guy anymore. And, you know, you, you don't need to do an exam. I mean, everybody, uh, any average American citizen can look at this man, look at his behavior, look at uh, his, just the way he carries himself, the way he gets lost, confused, he shuffles around, he looks old, he looks tired, he strikes out, he can't control his temper anymore. These are, this is all evidence of cognitive decline uh, related to his age. It's just absolutely happening. It's happening right in front of our eyes. I've been saying it since he was candidate, Joe Biden, that this man is not fit to be our commander-in-chief and our head of state. And now other people are starting to say it. Other Republicans are starting to say it. And even Democrats are starting to say it. And they're going to have to figure out what to do with him. He will not make it four years. He won't make it till the end of this term. This is going to get worse. It's going to get rapidly worse. I've said before, and I've probably said on your show, Joe, Joe Biden's not a fine wine. He's not going to get better with time. This is going to continue to get worse. He's going to have more bad days and good days as time goes on. And it's just yeah. sad to watch. And it's dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. for our country. Congressman Jackson, we appreciate it again. Your book, I'm looking forward to it, Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values by Post Hill Press. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. Okay, you bet. We'll be right back. Well, there's Dr. Oz on the right, the man on the left, former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, also energy secretary under... President Trump. He's been working hard to see Dr. Oz elected to the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. He joins us once again. Uh, Governor or Mr. Secretary, welcome back. And hey, by the way, how did you first get linked up with Dr. Oz? You know, Texas, Oz, I didn't see you guys necessarily together. How did it start? Yeah, we got introduced uh, a few years back and uh, completely taken by him and his wife, Lisa. Uh, very approachable, incredibly intellectually advanced individual. Uh, never thought about someone of his stature uh, running for office. But when he announced that he was going to run, my wife and I both said, hooray, uh, this is the kind of individual that we need in the United States Senate. Subsequently, uh, as I've uh, uh, 
uh, been out to Pennsylvania, which is one of the great energy states in the nation. Uh, Dr. Oz was a open book, a person who really absorbed all the information. He had some great energy leaders out there, Toby Rice, Harold Hamm, myself. Uh, and in that uh, time, we also found out that not only uh, is he a great supporter of the American energy industry, that he is a great proponent of the Second Amendment. And he's got Ted Nugent standing up with him and saying, I want this guy in the United States Senate. And let me tell you, I don't I, I, I might buy it from somebody, uh, but Ted Nugent stands <laughs> up and says, you're right on the Second Amendment. I want to be publicly for you. That conversation's over with. <laughs> Hey, speaking of energy, he's got a lot of energy himself. People don't talk about that. He's like Trump in, as far as the energy goes. Hey, I'm sorry out of time. Listen, very quickly, what's next for you, governor, cabinet secretary? Listen, I want to help, help pass the baton to the next group of people like Dr. Oz, people that understand what American energy is all about, why uh, America and we're, we're going to change the world. And people like Dr. Oz uh, on the team, uh, we cannot go wrong. I love it. Rick Perry, former governor, former secretary of energy. Appreciate it, sir. To be continued. And we'll be right back. Good to be with you, Mr. Kelly. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers and true patriots. We're Newsmax and we're their heirs. And so are you. Newsmax TV. Real news for real people. Thanks a lot. I hope you are enjoying this show. It's a special show. You figured that out yet, right? Um, really, it's a privilege having you here. Thanks to the team. Stinchfield is next. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy that one as well. See you tomorrow.